Feminist Buzzkills Live, the show that's here to say we'll adopt all the royal corgis. I'm Liz Winstead, and I'm joined by my co-host, Moji Alabodeel. Hello. It is great to see you, Liz. But sadly, our third wheel, Marie, is out as she was at the deathbed of the queen. Oh, my God. She's going to kill you for <laughs> saying that. Moji said that. Marie, just know that emoji. It was emoji. Emoji said that. That was not Liz. There was nowhere else she wanted to be. There is no one who hates the monarchy more than Marie Khan. I'm putting that out there. Coming up on today's show, personhood. The next step on the baton death march of our bodily autonomy is inching its way closer to the Supreme Court, thanks to some Rhode Island crackpots. And South Carolina is the Gamecock state. And these political cocks, have a zero game. Plus, as abortion clinics close, the void is real and fake clinics are filling it. Joining us to talk about how anti-abortion politicians are taking your tax dollars to make it rain on these menace clinics is Ashley Underwood, fake clinic expert and director at Equity Forward. Plus, you know her from the show Better Things and is the host of the podcast Kill Me Now. Comedian Judy Gold is here to throw some hilarious fuel on the rage fire all that plus the weekly roundup of the good the bad and the creepy news from the abortosphere so let's get to it so we had a we had a little break we took it was a, so nice we, we took a beefy two-week let's get our shit together break and we come back and south carolina is going in hard they uh. are pushing some redonkulous abortion bans that are trash the arguments about these bans have been weirder and it is not unlike most state legislatures but the closest thing they have to a doctor in their entire legislative body is a pharmacist and they have so many butthurt men spending days trying to ban abortion just based on well you know Based on nothing, actually nothing. Uh, and Moji's going to run down some detailed South Carolina fuckery in the news dump uh, for sure. Yeah, I know I will. But <clears throat> it bears reminding that last year, another South Carolina politician wanted to make it legal to use a gun to stop someone from accessing abortion. That's right. To stop someone from having abortion to save the fetus, they thought weapons of war is the way. And a few years back, yet another South Carolina politician referred to women as a lesser cut of meat, which brings us to the South Carolina rep Richard Cash, who made the news yesterday with this. I understand Senator Anderson saying he's saying that 16 and 17 year olds are mature enough to decide to get married but they're not mature enough to be taught about contraception in school. And they're not mature enough to receive contraception on their parents' health plan. And they're not mature enough to get contraception from the health department, but they are mature enough to get married. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's a fair question. And I'm happy to answer it. I think my position 
when this has come up before is um, if a 16 or 17-year-old, uh, certainly if they have their parental consent and, and they wish to get married and their parents approve it, then um, correct, I don't have a problem with that. But you just moved to table a bill that required parental consent to get birth control pills on the parent's health plan. Where's the logic? Well, the logic is I believe sex belongs within marriage because sex leads to children and children needs parents. And so I'm not in favor of the state paying for contraceptives for unmarried children. Uh, I don't think that's a good policy. I think children come from sex, and, and children need mommy and a daddy, and that means marriage. So mom and dad can give consent to get you married at 16, but not to put you on birth control. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Well, there's a lot to unpack with that fuckface. <laughs> That's so much idiocy in, in just like a few minutes. That was a lot. Well, it's also like he keeps doubling down on this. Sex is for babies, and then you have a baby. Well, unless you have birth control. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And also, like, just the whole idea that he can wrap around in his head that he would allow parents to let their 16-year-olds get married. Which is wild. Wouldn't allow those 16 year olds to then in turn have birth control if because he's like unmarried ch children shouldn't have birth. Unmarried children shouldn't have birth control. Well, it's like, you know, I don't know how many children are taking birth control. I think there's sexually active teens who are taking birth control. Uh, what is he talking about? He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's what's wild. He has no idea what he's talking about. Because uh, what does he want those married teens to do? Start reproducing immediately. 100%. I mean, this <laughs> because here's the thing about this dude um, is he has in he is part of this whole South Carolina circus that's happening um, around these really strict anti-abortion laws. And he's proposing a ballot initiative because he said he wants to take abortion out of politics and give it to the voters. And the way that he wants to do that is to propose a ballot initiative and listen to the wording carefully, because this is his wording and this is why it matters. He wants to propose a ballot initiative that says um, reproductive rights are guaranteed with exceptions. So by saying with exceptions and not codified into the constitution, it means that the legislature can then go in and just um, regulate, 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 regulate. Yeah, so, making the exceptions that they know that we deserve. <laughs> that's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. And so um, he, it sounds reasonable on its face until you break it down, right? And this dude has no reasonable in him. And I just want to say, uh, Moji, to you that, as we know, uh, oftentimes when we hear outspoken morons spew bullshit, 
it's usually not the first time they've done it. And so oh. I did some digging. Oh, you did on, a Google. I did a Google on good old uh, Richard Cash and found out he opposes same-sex marriage because, quote, God designed men and women for a unique type of companionship. A P and V kind of companionship? I, I, I'm unclear. <laughs> I'm not sure what a unique type of companionship <laughs> is. Um, I think maybe it's, yeah, P and V. I think you might be right. I mean, which doesn't seem that unique to me. That no, seems sort of actually real, basic. Real common. Real basic. Uh, also, and this plays into his whole uh, birth control nuttiness. He has eight kids, by the way. Uh, he also um, runs an ice cream truck for a job. I don't Does know. he really? Yes, he runs. A, he runs a. He has a. He has a chain of ice cream trucks. Uh, also, doesn't believe in climate change, which might be because he's because he wants the he wants it to stay hot all the time so he can sell more ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, that's just me supposing. But um, he believes that life begins at conception and thus would prevent such quote unquote murders. By ju not just outlawing abortion, but most forms of birth control. So he's very much like 16-year-olds get married and start reproducing immediately. True. And um, Moji, just for some fun for you in my digging, I found him giving a speech in 2014 that I think is important for you to hear, but also important for Joe Biden to hear as a reminder that there's no such thing as MAGA Republicans and regular Republicans, because they're all Republican. I just want to remind everyone that Joe Biden listens to this podcast. Yeah, all, every week. <laughs> Number one commenter. Uh, so let me find this um, clip for you and I'll play it, Moji, uh, so you can have fun in this um, hellscape that I found of good old Richard Cash. Just say this. Today is Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King did a lot to help us as we struggle with racial equality and justice, friendship and kindness between the races, and we celebrate that achievement. But what I want to say to you today is I, too, have a dream. When we consider the 55 million unborn children that have been killed in this land since 1973, I, too, have a dream. When we consider that one-third of the generation since 1973 is not with us because of abortion, I have a dream. And what is it? I have a dream that one day each and every unborn baby created in the image of God will enjoy the same constitutional protections that you and I receive. That's our promise. That's what the Republican Party stands for. Thank you very much. I, I just want to say the racist slash anti-abortion activists are, are, are not original. No, he <laughs> has a never dream. original. No, he has a dream. <laughs> also, his dream is personal. I have dreams too, but like dream bigger, dude. Damn. I know. I know. I just love that he couldn't wait. And, you know, he, he, he got his, that was in 2014, which oh, is wow. why I was like, Joe Biden, when he said this is who the Republican Party is, when they tell you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Believe them. Because he's only had his seat since 2017. He got in a special election because the person who held his seat is now horrifyingly the uh, lieutenant governor of South Carolina. So there's such garbage state that, uh, you know, 
that that same district that elected the lieutenant that elected Richard Cash also elected their lieutenant governor. So um, also those voters have some something wrong with them, too. Uh, Also gerrymandering. I just want to point that out there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Fair. Uh, Very fair. So that is um, that is Richard Cash in a nutshell. That is South Carolina. And we just call him Richard Trash because I like that much better and it makes me feel more comfortable. 100% 100% Richard Trash. <laughs> Richard Trash has a trash-ass dream. <laughs> Richard Trash has a trash-ass dream. And I really like just, thought he was going with zombies when he was like, all of the unborn babies. And I was like, come back? Yeah. <laughs> well, also, so he did that, like, weak sauce um, dinner theater white person. I have a dream. Yeah. Oh, God. I have a dream. I it's don't like, think that's what Martin Luther King had in mind. So. I know. It's like... <laughs> fucking letters from a Birmingham abortion clinic is that your is that your I don't think that's what Martin Luther King had no I don't either anyway just and that is just like that is just like the Richard Cash portion we are wrapping up here but we are getting to so much more uh South Carolina fuckery and other news so we're gonna get into the quick hits so Moji let's hear about those Gamecocks and all the other cocks So many cocks. So So many cocks. cocks. So little time. Um, South Carolina is literally doing the most. And so Wednesday, the South Carolina Republican Majority Senate Committee, they decided that exceptions to their bans, uh, abortion ban for rape and incest, are entirely too lenient for their state. So therefore, they sent an abortion bill with no such exceptions to their legislature where it will be debated by a bunch of men who are not doctors like Richard Trash, like Richard Trash. And I just want to point out that the bill is terrible, but the terrible version before this was a bill that did have exceptions for rape and incest. But if someone took advantage of those exceptions, the victim's name would be given to the local sheriff within 24 hours of their procedure, because what good is uh, patriarchy if people have privacy? Right. Oh, my God. So, you know, it just feels like they're on a they're on this crazy mission to just make it worse any way they can. And that's not all, is it, Moji? I was going to say, but, all. but wait, there's more? <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In even more awful South Carolina news, a, another Republican, ding, 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 lawbreaker claimed that children who have been raped by their dads should just get Plan B from Walmart. And don't need access to abortion. Um, now I'm not I'm not quite sure how ten uh, year olds are supposed to get to Walmart and get that fifty dollars that one might need for Plan B. And when asked this question by a somewhat reasonable person, the legislator said uh, the rape child would be taken by the ambulance. And um, I also want to know who's calling the ambulance. And I also wish that I was making this up. Uh Okay, so you're a teen who's just been or raped. a child. You're a child and <laughs> raped by your parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you should take an ambulance to Walmart mm-hmm. and uh, find fifty dollars somewhere. Sell off your American Girl doll, I guess, mm-hmm. right on Poshmark or eBay or wherever the American Girl doll, uh, you know, repository is. Um, and and that doesn't seem like any trauma or realistic or or nigh impossible for a 10 year old. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how a 10 year old would manage that. 
Um, uh, well, also, you know, we can't forget the guy who was sobbing over over um, hearing stories of of young people being you raped, the guy from abortions. South the Carolina, other guy, another South Carolina guy. Yeah, yeah. Until we say it's not South Carolina <laughs> listeners, just know we're talking about South Carolina. Who had these crocodile tears, sobbing about the bill that he signed. Uh, and pushed forward and how he couldn't didn't understand what the ramifications would be. Well, that fucking douchebag signed on to the same bill he was crying about. Yeah. 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 Because apparently he forgot, you know, Harry Styles needs to go spit on the entire legislature of South Carolina. Just line up the Republicans and spit in their faces one by one, like a spitting firing squad. I feel like this is something we can all get behind. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is something we can all get behind. Uh, also, we have to get to other news oh, yeah. because there is so much news. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tennessee and Texas had sweeping abortion bans that have gone into effect. The Tennessee ban makes it a felony with no exceptions for anything at all for anyone to provide an abortion. and the Texas. Um, one has a $100,000 fine and life in prison for anyone who performs an abortion. Awesome. What a good Super week fun. in abortion. I oh, have good news. Thank God. I have good news. You want to hear oh it? Yeah, please. Okay. So if you follow our pod, we have been following this journey of Michigan and their ballot initiative. They want to get on the ballot in this November. They have one of those garbage old laws on the books from 1931 that criminalizes abortion. And a bunch of very dope activists got a ballot initiative going where they got 700,000 signatures. It's a record in Michigan. They only needed 400,000. And in the text of the ballot initiative, apparently there's a run-on sentence. Ah. And so in the run-on sentence, um, the anti-abortion extremists were like, no one can read this run-on sentence. So we're going to challenge it. They can't read hashtags. Apparently they can't read hashtags. So, um, which I think is a good point now that I, now that you say that Moji, I think that (laughs) they should actually, whoever brought forth this, uh, this challenge to the Michigan thing, we should scour their social media and see how many times they've used hashtag thoughts and prayers (laughs) Hashtag Jesus is the way and be like, I can't read that. What does this mean? I can't read it. And then just prove their point that they're trash. Anyway, uh, when it went before a panel of two Republicans and two Democrats um, to see if it should get on the ballot, because it's just like some sentencing errors it was deadlocked, of course. The Republicans like, I don't know if I can read this either. I'm like, bitch, hashtag thoughts and prayers. Went to the Supreme Court yesterday, late in the evening. Uh, the Supreme Court of Michigan said, bitch, shut the fuck up. Can't you yes. read a hashtag? No, I, they didn't really say can't read a hashtag. But they were like, this is going forward. Everybody knew what they were signing you know what? We're moving on. So yay, Michigan. That is such good news. Ah, I love good news. news. I do too, because Michigan is going to be a stalwart in like, as we move forward with where there's access, Michigan is going to be the place that has it. So the voters of Michigan, hopefully zombie lobby gone, codifying abortion into 
their constitution is hopefully what will happen on the ballot in November. Um, more good news. Yelp, your favorite, should I eat here? Where can I get pizza if I'm bleeding and don't want to leave the house app? Uh, is now flagging crisis pregnancy center listings to avoid misleading abortion seekers with a big old warning sticker that reads, this is a crisis pregnancy center and crisis pregnancy centers typically provide limited medical services and may not have licensed medical professionals on site. That's pretty innocuous, kind of straightforward. Mm -hmm. Like these fuckers just might not have doctors and might have just limited medical services. I mean, I wish it would say these assholes are fake ass clinics uh, designed to talk you out of having abortions and lie to you about the procedure while shaming you for actually being a sexual human being. Run, run far away. But I'm going to take this as a win. We'll settle where we have to settle this. We'll settle where we have to settle. And, you know, there's some hot take in the USA Today uh, op-ed page on Thursday of, uh, you know, some white guy who's very concerned that Yelp would, is uh, misleading people. And it's like, what is misleading about actually saying these people will have a podiatrist on their board and call themselves a medical facility? <laughs> it is their garbage. They don't provide care, OBGYN care. They don't provide pap smears. They don't provide prenatal care. They don't provide wellness. They provide nothing. So good. They for provide you, shame, Liz. They provide shame. Yeah. You know, and so good for you, Yelp. I'm glad they have those stickers and there's no amount of anybody that's going to make me not say good for you, Yelp. Let's take it further. Um, the state of California, as you can imagine, full of socialists and people who are trying to destroy America have passed historic legislation protecting and expanding abortion access. The bill prohibits California law enforcement and other specified individuals from assisting or cooperating with other states' investigations related to abortion, protects abortion-related medical information from being disclosed to those other states who are going to try to seek enforcement of their abortion bans, and basically expands access to abortion everywhere but the drive through at In-N-Out Burger and some select rides at Disney. <laughs> Oh, California, you just oh, go. Yay. I know. It's like I'm picturing. Do you remember that? Um, do you watch uh, Reservation Dogs? No, no, I do not. Oh, it's great. Have, do you remember the TikTok video of the guy who was just drinking cranberry juice? Yes, on, a on the skateboard. Yes. Yeah, he's on Reservation Dogs. So I'm picturing that guy just on the skateboard with like, you know, Dreams Fleetwood Mac playing behind him, just doing an abortion in California. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm on the boardwalk. I'm doing an abortion. I'm drinking the thing. It's like so great. Uh, and that is the good news uh, for this week. Um, but there's also news that's even weirder than that, if I am not mistaken. I got a creep alert. The Florida judge who decided a teen girl who needed a judicial bypass couldn't get an abortion because her grades were too low for an abortion, but high enough for parenting, was finally voted out of office. Woo! Yes. And he is a peach in his bid for reelection. His wife said that his Jewish opponent and current winner needed Jesus and that her heart was hard towards God, presumably because she's not Christian. She said that in her outside voice to voters. So thank you, Florida voters, for taking out that trash. I want to call her Anti-Semite Sam. Absolutely. That is fully her name. Anti-Semite Sam. Um, that's good, Moji, but I'm going to take your Florida creep and raise you a Texas creep. Oh, OK. They breathe you in there. Yeah. You want to talk groomers? Yet another Texas anti-abortion monster has been arrested for allegedly soliciting a child for sex. Gross. 
That's right. Lucas Bowen, 33, the now former political director of Texas Right to Life, was arrested for knowingly soliciting a minor with the intent to engage in sexual conduct or sexual intercourse or deviant sexual intercourse, which I don't know what deviant sexual intercourse is, but it sounds like all intercourse that is not consensual is deviating from anything that has to do with consent. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was charged with online solicitation of a minor and his bond was set at $50,000. My favorite thing though is his lawyer responded, this investigation revolves around a fictitious alleged minor created by law enforcement and posted on the internet. Because we all know the old, the popo set me up with a fake child while I was trolling for real children on the internet scam. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> but um, if that wasn't creepy enough, I just want to remind people, uh, as an aside, that nary six months ago, a dude named Ruben Vera who was external relations at Texas Right to Life from 2014 to 2015, was sentenced to 12 years in prison for being part of a ring that traded child pornography involving, wait for it, babies. Nope. Was it ready for that? Yep. So two people in the past year from Texas Right to Life are predators and they call us groomers. I was joking when I said they breed them there, but it turns out I was in fact correct. You know, it seems like as this trend continues that um, it might be the case. And it's uh, creepy, creepy, creepy McGee. Uh, As always, these stories will be in our show notes. And as always, we remind you the best and most up to the minute resources on clinics that are open where you can access an abortion near you and the funding you might need for your care is at the website I need an A.org. That's right, I need an A.org. And Moji, we have a big story this week. We had so many little stories that we're only going to do one big story. Mm-hmm. And it's a doozy, man. It is a fucking doozy. Turns out the smallest state in the union has some of the biggest assholes. Uh, yeah. 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 In wait, another state with a population of 12 will dictate access to abortion to all of us news. Rhode Island Catholics have lawyered up their fetuses and themselves and petitioned the Supreme Court, asking them to hear a case that gives their pregnancies full personhood under the 14th Amendment. So basically, your pregnancy has the full landscape of rights that you and I have. It is not a great day to roll back into work after a vacay. What the fuck? What's really exciting about this is that it's a basically a resurrection of an old ass thing. So these fetuses that are petitioning the Supreme Court are like three years old. Yeah, they're now three. <laughs> I mean, I don't even understand this. The 14th Amendment clearly says born persons it has the word born persons in it and i gotta tell you that the reason they overturned roe they said that abortion the word abortion wasn't in the constitution therefore we were not entitled to the rights to it well you know what other word is not in the constitution moji fetus 
or pre-born, I would think, which a made which is a made up word that we have to listen to all the fucking time. Yeah, or pre-born. Yeah, uh, not pregnancy. In the pregnancy is not in the Constitution. <laughs> what are women? What so, are women in the Constitution? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're mentioned either, quite frankly. Uh, so are we nothing? I mean, apparently. Uh, but you know, it just feels like I don't know how you dance around the word born because the word fucking born is there. <laughs> so uh, the born identity, I don't know, um, but. And as we say, they have petitioned the court. We don't know if the Supreme Court will hear it, but we are going to be following this very closely. And as always, thank you so much to Amani Gandhi and the Boom Lawyered podcast. Amani and Jessica are just always so great. So um, that is happening. That is something we want you to watch. And that is something you need to stay tuned for. And we are going to be on that shit. Yes, we will. A good time to roll into our guest. Yes. Oh my gosh. We were at Netroots Nation a few weeks ago before our vacay, and we got to sit down with Ashley Underwood, director at Equity Forward, to talk about her work tracking the insidious growth and tactics of fake clinics in this country and the dangerous way they are replacing actual clinics. Hi, Ashley. You're just like abortion all morning. You're just like doing it. Panels, they have a great panel right before this on the fake clinics that I highly recommend. So for folks who didn't get to see the first session that Ashley and Moji were on, we wanted to make sure that we could lay out what these fake clinics are for people, um, how they're slipping in and replacing actual clinics, and how heavily resourced they are on individual state levels. So Ashley, could you give us an overview of these fake clinics, who they are, what they, what they purport to do? what they actually do. <laughs> Absolutely. So these clinics are anti-abortion centers. That is the term that we use at Equity Forward uh, because it is the clearest and most concise way to, way to describe what they do. They solely exist to deter people from accessing abortion care. And so they have very sophisticated schemes and tricks to get people into their doors and lie to them. Um, that's what those anti-abortion centers are. And all, although they purport to offer services to people, those services are never free. Um, people have to sit through classes to earn what these centers call um, mommy money, um, which is awarded based on how many minutes or hours that you have set through mandated bias counseling. And, and it's just like ridiculous. It's very stigmatizing to most birthing and parenting people. Um, some centers are a little fancy and they give out daddy dollars um, <laughs> if the dads come. And those are not used for baby goods. That can be used for sporting equipment and like mm. hunting things, you know, things that like cis men are into apparently. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. And so as a researcher who has investigated the tactics of these anti-abortion centers, including the lack of support they um, actually provide for people. And again, as a mother who knows how much money toddlers take because snacks are expensive, um, I'm really offended by, by the existence of these centers. And definitely, I think everyone should do everything they can to make sure they're defunded. You know, Ashley, I, I'm so glad the mommy money daddy dollars oh. thing. So I was reading a while back, and we talked about this on the pod a while back. The person who started this program of mommy money and daddy dollars, which is so that somebody can volunteer and work to get these things, created it because she was offended that people who needed help um, would say no sometimes to what they offered because they mm -hmm. didn't need it. It was this really shitty 
white savior shaming thing where it's like, oh, just because someone has to get their needs met doesn't mean they need your your shitty broken stroller or your 79 hundredth onesie. You know, for for some someone should be able to say no with dignity because yep. they don't need it. And it was the article was so gross that I just wanted to point out that like that shit's gross on like some next level of its origin story. <laughs> Yeah, and Liz, the curriculum that you're referring to is called Earn While You Learn. So that's what those, that's what the censors use. Um, and it's, it's, like you said, it's absolutely rooted in white supremacy and anti-blackness because it comes from this idea that people do not deserve things, that you have to work for things. Yes. And yep. people who are already um, eligible for TANF, which is Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, are already living below the poverty lines. And so what these censors are saying is, hey, you're pregnant, but you don't deserve diapers. I am the best person to tell you what to do with your body and what to do with your baby. So you need to sit down and listen through these lessons and then I'll give you what you want. And that's just another la- layer of like grossness of why these yes. things are so Even if I'll give you what I think what you should I have, exactly. right? And that's just so the worst. And I'm sorry, the other issue of that too <laughs> <laughs> is that when we think about people who are living under the poverty line, time is their most valuable resource. Yep. And so mm-hmm. people do not have time to find out where these centers are, take a bus, take an Uber, walk over there, find childcare. Because another thing that we have found with Equity Forward Records is um, some of these centers, they stated in their like grant reports, hey, you could come, but don't bring your kids. Like that's what Whoa. they've said in the grant reports that we found like in Ohio, for example. So it's like, mm. and again, what we know about people accessing abortion is that the overwhelming majority of people accessing abortion care who are in need of abortion care are already parents. So again, it's just levels on levels on levels of like stigma and grossness. Don't <laughs> come to this. You can centers. come to this McDonald's, but you can't bring your kid. Yeah. Basically. What yeah. The fuck? Also, like this idea of like, yeah, you need things, and so, oh well. Yeah. And and I know that there was clinics or this fake some of the fake clinics that we we've done some calling and we've done some like fake infiltrating of them. Um, won't help your existing yes. children if you mm-hmm. say like I'm. I, I am pregnant. I don't know. And could you help me with my existing children? Like, no, only the, the pregnancy? Only the fetus. Like, so the extension of actually helping? It doesn't exist. No. No. The illusion to help is an investment and a marketing tool. And they've spent a lot of money on marketing their illusion of care. Yes. They've spent a lot of money. And so the thing about these centers is that they exist in all 50 states. Um, there are 14 states that use public dollars, including federal TANF funds, that are supposed, again, to go to low-income people to fund alternatives to abortion programs. Um, states allocate hundreds of millions of dollars to these programs. Texas is a perfect example of that. Their alternatives to abortion program is funded at $100 million in the state of Texas. Yeah. How much of that actually goes to yeah. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> Very, very little. Um, Equity Forward in our research, we have found that like the overwhelming, um, the overwhelming majority of these funds are being used towards personnel, staffing, overhead costs because they have to pay their rent. Don't worry about the other people who they're trying to get into their doors who cannot pay their rent. Um, and then marketing. They are definitely using these TANF dollars to engage with SEO professionals to expand their reach, to lure and deceive even more people into their doors. Um, and yeah, th- th- this is what your public dollars are being used for. Moji, will you talk about the ranch? Oh, so Texas with this hundred million, they they're doing these ranches and how they're trying to like help. So 
it's, I don't know if Texas is funding this yet, but I, they're just in this void that we have of like access to abortion. There are all these crazy wackadoos stepping into the cracks. And in Texas, and there was a article about this in the New York Times, um, some religious minded couple decided that they were just going to create a ranch uh, for pregnant people and they were going to model a Christian family and people could come and work on the ranch and have their kids and live this mm-hmm. pastoral weird life. Um, essentially because they have no other choice, uh, which is not necessarily a CPC, but it kind of is its own weird offspring. Sounds like a cult. Well, you had to commit to also living in the sort of Christian relationship thing. And, but talk about the man cave. Because the man cave okay, is... Okay, so that's a different article. You're complaining our article. Oh, I'm sorry. shit. The branch was one thing, but that was a CPC. There was an article, I think also in the Times. No, Washington about, Post. The Washington Post about the expansion of a CPC because they were getting this Texas money. And so this woman was redesigning their um, fake, their their abortion. What is... I'm sorry, I'm using the wrong... Their, um, anti-abortion center. Their anti-abortion yes. center. <laughs> and they were basically making like a hateful Ikea and they were creating a man cave so that people who brought cis men who brought the, their their partners who wanted to get these you know pregnancy tests which is often how you're lured in could be could play pool while being counseled about fatherhood so distract them while they're playing pool exactly. so that they aren't exactly understanding how what parenting what is parenting like? is what parenthood is and well. what they might be getting into um and yeah that was basically it was just like oh my gosh we have all this money now um our anti-abortion center, and we can now just do some some designing. We can uh, get a Herman Miller chair and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Cappuccino machine, but no health care. No health care. Um, uh, Marie, you want to go in on a little bit about actions people, people could take? Oh, yes. So we want to expose these communities. We want to make sure that people understand, like those of us that are on the ground. I'm in New York City. There's a fake clinic called Abortos NYC, going directly after Spanish-speaking communities, people of color. What can we do as folks on the ground to expose these entities that are not providing care and to get actual politicians and us motivated? Yes. Um, well, number one, the easiest things to do is just to talk about anti-abortion centers. And some very, very simple facts that you can talk about is that although they love to boast that they get all this money to give out diapers, that is not what they're doing. They're totally wasting public dollars to do what they want. Um, an example of this is the group Human Coalition. Um, that is the Texas-based group um, that runs a $100 million program in Texas, their alternative to abortion program, um, they love to boast that they gave away about $270 million, but that works out to about $135 per person for their clients. And $135 isn't anything, like, that's not an insignificant amount for someone who is really in a financial bind, but that's not enough to, like, sustain someone who especially is raising a family. So number one, just like calling attention to that, so calling attention to what these centers are. And when you hear people talk about fake clinics and pregnancy resource centers and all of these billboards, call them anti-abortion centers because that's what they are. That's what they do. Um, number two is if you are in a state that has a publicly funded program, figure out which state agency is managing that program so that you can devise a strategy for accountability. That could mean, you know, like talking to the director of the agency, 
talking to your state auditors, seeing if you could get your attorney general involved. Like there's many pathways to get these programs defunded. And then thirdly, reach out to Equity Forward. Um, as I said, we love to do public records. This is what we do. Um, it's a very nerdy thing, but it's very exciting to me and my team personally. And so if you are a state organization or even an individual who wants to have more information about how these monies are being used, we would love to help out and devise and draft some FOIAs for you to send at your state and then figure out an action to get this this information amplified. I cannot stress enough how valuable Equity Forward's work is because we we talk about it here in like broader terms, but the information breakdown is really accessible. It's also jaw-dropping. The work you do is so great. And then the way you present it is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like over and over again, and I love it. Um, and the one thing I also just wanted to say too about these um, clinics and, and especially... The Knights of Columbus are gigantic fucking funders of these fake clinics and especially of buying um, ultrasound machines for the clinics themselves. If you want to be totally grossed out, Google uh, Pittsburgh Archdiocese Blesses Ultrasound Machine and you will find an article of the Archbishop pushing holy water on the ultrasound machine in one of these fake clinics. It is you. It's you exceptional. So look out for the churches. Look out for the government. Look out for all of it. Ashley, your work is invaluable. Thank you so, so much. And again, stay up to date with Equity Forward's work by following them at Equity Forward on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was so great. And look, if you're fired up about how much these scam centers suck, then go to ExposedFakeClinics.com and learn more about how to take action and better inform your community that these fuckers exist. And now it is time for the podcast game show that is sweeping the sphere, Six Degrees of Abortion. It is simple. Moji is going to throw a news story at me that is not connected to abortion. And I have six tries to try to connect it to the issue. Moji, what is this week's story? So this week's story, Kith, hip streetwear brand. What um, is it? Kith, K-I-T-H. Uh, cool ass brand known to all the cool hip kids about the cool hipness. Uh, and also kind of known for their um, spokesmodels kind of being a little bit on the old side, decided that Jerry Seinfeld was the best representative for their brand. And they unveiled their campaign um, this week. So we would like you to, and we thought this would be fun. I thought this would be fun. Link Jerry Seinfeld to abortion. Are you kidding me? I knew you could do it and I knew it would be fun. Go ahead, just get it done. Get her done. Get her done. We never have an opportunity to talk about Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I mean, the easiest way for me to do it is in my early days, I opened up for Jerry Seinfeld several times for several shows. I am me. <laughs> Therefore, Jerry Seinfeld, me opening for Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Leads to abortion, which sounds slightly dirty. Um, and yet there we are. <laughs> and yet there we are. 
Uh, wow. That is, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious as to that, uh, that in that brand of clothing. Oh, you're about to go out and be a kid fan now. You're going to be just I doubt it. going Maybe. to their cereal bars. I think there's, I think there's you know, I, 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 always I think there's one near your neighborhood in Brooklyn. <laughs> We don't need to be revealing my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, I said near. Yeah, near. (laughs) I mean, I I also just have a thing about like people who have more money than anyone in the world being spokespeople and getting more money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I'm glad that I didn't pick uh, that uh, Bradley Cooper is the face of Louis Vuitton. (laughs) But I could have tied that one too. That one, because Sarah Silverman is in his new movie about Leonard Bernstein. And Sarah Silverman, as we know, is a great friend of Abortion Access Front mm-hmm. and this podcast and all things, um, and all things me. She Did is you just BFF. do two six degrees in one segment? The fuck, Liz? I do. And I'm going to call that one back if I lose on the other one. I'm going to be like, I have one. I have one in my pocket that I did win. I'm going to throw out there in the world. Um, oh my God. That is so funny. Well, um, I win. Thank you, Moji. I want to feel excited about winning. <laughs> and I feel like that's a perfect time to bring on our guest because our guest has also worked with Jerry Seinfeld many, many times. Joining us now is one of the legends of stand-up comedy, actor, writer, host of the podcast, Kill Me Now, and one of the amazing performers in our comedy music special, Do Re Me Too, which is coming out October 6th. The one and only Judy Gold. Judy Gold. I don't even know. How are you placing your rage in order of priority? (laughs) Wow. You know, as you know, Liz, I've known you for, oh God, 35 years. Uh I don't even know. Uh (laughs) And I've always been a little bit full of rage, but, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, like that I didn't think it could get to this level. Like I, like I'm not a hateful person. Like I'm a really, you know, I'm, I'm abrasive. I'm outspoken. I'm loud, whatever you want to call me, but I'm kind. And I'm, uh, I try to see the good in people. And, and as a comedian, you know, you connect, you try to connect and connect. It's all about connecting. I have never felt such vitriol, I didn't even know I had it in me. Um, I also never imagined ever that we would be in this position. And I remember in the 80s, my mother volunteered at the National uh, Council for Jewish Women. They're Um, our big partners. We love them. they're, They're amazing. And she, you know, would help them with stuff. And she came home and gave us hanger, hanger necklaces. And- you know, it's just funny because you think think something's settled. You think you've done the work. And as a gay, too, as a gay, as fighting for marriage equality and saying, wow, okay, how much, how much more massage? I mean, it all boils down to hatred of women. That's all it is. It yeah. is misogyny. 100%. And you know, the thing that I think, I say this a lot, but like progressives and liberals are so good at we get a win and then we fucking take a vacation. Like I'm guilty of it. I was guilty of it until I really started doing this work for real. And then it it was so apparent to me. And the thing that I hit home to everybody is patriarchy doesn't take a holiday. 24-6, 365. These fuckers, 
they want us profoundly destabilized. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on a mechanism that they can just fuck and it will cook for them and it will do their laundry. And then they just will (laughs) eradicate us from the earth. They have that already. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the women dismantling our rights. You know, it, it, you know, the men anger me um, to no end, you know, but the women. Yeah. The women. Yeah. The the women, women. the women who are so fuck. Can I curse on this? Oh yeah. So fucking. Please curse. (laughs) Hypocritical. So fucking like that, you know, did you watch Mrs. America? Oh my God. We did a Mrs. Did a America show after it. show. Yeah. Why was- am I not invited to these things? Judy, okay. you are invited. We just need to go to you. Your management okay. sometimes says you're busy. Oh no, just go to me. Cause yeah, they're all like, right yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. here's the thing. Um, I watched that and I watched the Phyllis Shafley hypocrisy of, you know, we don't want independence. And yet she is, going out there as an independent woman lobbying and having a job outside of the home and just the, this hypocrisy and this need to be submissive and, and that it, you know, look, if you want that, have fun, enjoy. If you like being a doormat and you, you're, you're satisfied. I mean, there's plenty of men who are just dumb and just simple and want to just like go to work and then come home and, you know, and there's women like that. Like this satisfies me. That's fine. But don't you fucking tell me what I can and cannot do with my body, what I am entitled to, what my rights are, how, what I, what, you know, that I shouldn't get paid as much that I am less than that. I am not qualified for that. I am too old. I mean, look at comedy. Guys, guys never age out. No, they don't age it, never, out. Never. Ever. I mean, yeah, I know. I have never, I've been turned down so many times for like Netflix specials, HBO. Now I'm too old. I'm like, I've never been more relevant, dying of fire. But also, Judy, those women who are so, first of all, underachieving gold diggers, basically, you know, they are benefiting from patriarchy. They're benefiting. They're like, I just really want to live in this nice house and take care of it and have my kids. And the fact that you're just like requiring things of me, it's just like, but I no can't one's requiring that. that. Why? Literally, I like, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. It's the idea that you're rallying against our right to do what we want to do is the right. wildest part. And it's also the same with like abortion. We're just like, wait, if you don't want abortion, just don't have one. Don't have one. Don't just have one. one. Why are you going to talk about mine? And the, the thing is, is that, you know, the term equality, which has been, you know, something that I've fought for for since, you know, the first AIDS walk. Since you Every know. part of your being, Judy. Right. So when we think about equality and when we think about feminism, we think about that every it's equal, that that everything is as important. Everyone's voice is equal. Feminism is not about just women. It's that women and what they say is as relevant, as valid, and should be heard as much as every fucking entitled white male in this country who who, who are in power and ruining the fucking country. And, and are mediocre at best half the time. Yes. Not even they're not even excellent. 
They're just no, not at all, not at all. Found mediocrity, right? And, and they, that's part of their drive, though. I think they know they're mediocre, so they're and we and they know that we know. It's right. like a line in winter. You know that I know. I know that right, you right, right, right. We're a very knowledgeable family. Yeah, we we you know, and they know that we know, but mm-hmm. they don't stop. You're right. You know these demo. It's I'm getting really frustrated because the Democrats. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you know, you're respectful. Um, yes. Let's, let's be moral. Let, but you know what? That doesn't mean you can't have balls. That doesn't mean you can't get angry. That doesn't mean, you know, you can't fight the way they fight. Yeah. Moji, Moji's sick of hearing me say this, but I say it constantly. Stop bringing a PowerPoint presentation to a right, night. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> just stop. Like It's so embarrassing. And yes. like really just digging into the crevices to find some both sides ism that is just bullshit. Right. You know, it's like, you know what? They're just like us. They pull their jackboots up one foot at a time. It's like, shut the fuck. What? No, they're not like us. The like concede in a way where it's just like, oh, we're really taking one step backwards and then they're taking two steps forward and then we take another step backwards. I know. We always, we always do. And we, we rest on our laurel. We, we, you're right, Liz. Like you're absolutely right. It's like, okay, done. Let's take a vacation. No, they don't take vacations. No, their vacation and joy and spank bank is seeing us being oppressed. Do you think right. that they are not jerking they off at us? Oh, all the time. All they the time. basically said, "We'll raise you. We'll take Barack Obama and we'll raise you Trump." Like that literally is what this country did. Oh, that Trump was it, exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was about the fact that we had the first black president um, who was, was great, great, who was smart, who was respected, who did his job. Cla- Classiest family, I think, ever in the White mm-hmm. House. Hard to agree. Um, uh, just like like amazingly great people, and they fucked. You know, they fucked, and they, they were told totally to another. Unlike their <laughs> right, but but then it, this is a referendum on that. And when we had, you didn't have to like Hillary Clinton. You know, you didn't have to. You you uh, please. It's a job. And she was qualified. And all these young, this is really pisses me off. These young girls, you know, who are voting for the first time, who are like, you know what? I don't, I don't really like her. And I'm going to, there's going to be a woman president in my lifetime. So, um, yeah, I'm just not going to vote for her. And, and, and you juxtapose that with the hundred year old woman being wheeled to the polling place saying, I never thought. I would live to see the day where I could vote for a woman. Right. Um, and it, it's this, it's this privilege. It's, it's, you know, I feel it in the gay community. I feel gay privilege in, in, in you know, mostly from white gay men, but mm-hmm. I do feel this like, Oh yeah, we're rich now. We don't, you know, oh. we don't need you. Um, like I'm in Provincetown, I'm in Provincetown and it's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting, you know, that it's being taken over by wealthy, white, you know, rich men. And look, I'm the mother of two very straight white boys. But you, I want you to know that there's not a day that goes by where I don't remind them who their parents are, how we 
how we are treated in this world, how they should treat women. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Moji, I know you have a six male, yes. right? <laughs> male. And I, as having two adult sons raised by women who are straight, um, I ask their girlfriends if they're different, you know? Because trust women, because sometimes men don't know what they're doing. Right. And I said, are they different from other guys you have um, dated? And they said, they, both of them, they both talk about their feelings all the time, um, not afraid to cry, um, and don't think a woman is incapable of doing anything. You know what I mean? Like respectful, not like equal. And this is the other thing I noticed. Both of my straight sons have very close platonic relationships with women. They're like, oh, she's my best friend. Like they know how to be a friend. They know where the boundary is. So you're saying they think women are people? People. (laughs) They treat them like human beings. But Judy, that's also like, I feel like that's, like just them growing up in in your household under your roof like they you can teach so much but you can just also be in the world with your kids and they see that what's possible they've seen your competence in a realm of things they wouldn't they were foundationally exposed to somebody just doing it in the world and didn't have any kind of like second guessing about it, which right. I think right. is fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, I have, I actually list. see that also in, in sons that have been raised in single mother household. Yes. You know, when they don't have this like second guessing um, male figure, like telling them other shit or taking over or, or, or lending themselves to some sort of like, I've got to fill in here because obviously you can't pull out a ladder. Right, and do right. Or having or expectations about what women should do and shouldn't do, right? Like, I'm like, in my house, my son is going to be raised thinking, no, men do the cooking because that's what it's like in my house. <laughs> right. Yeah, these, you know, these specific role models that we have, I, I don't know, embraced. And I mean, it's, I mean, you think about it. Women couldn't even get a credit card. They couldn't get a mortgage when I was like in junior high school. Yep. Yes. You know, like it wasn't that long ago. Like right. Roe v. Wade, 1973. Right. 1973. Right. I was in sixth grade. You yeah. know? It's yeah. wild that a right like that could come and go in like a reasonable lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Come and go. Well, also, it's just... It's just also, even in, even in comedy, you know, it's, it's a, a, there was such a turning point in my career and I'll never forget it. I was, I used to have this joke in my act where it was like, um, you know, have you ever noticed that maybe male great Dane should have to wear underwear in public? (laughs) I remember that joke. Right. And I would tell that joke (laughs) and it would get a huge laugh. I remember that joke. It it would get a huge laugh. Yeah. And then it stopped getting laughs. And I was like, I'm not going to tape myself. Why is this joke tanking now? And I just subconsciously started saying, I think male great Dane should have to underwear in public. And the second I just inserted the phrase, I think, think. rather than ever noticed, um, it became this threat 
to the audience, right? And then I was like, well, fuck it. If they're going to be mad at me because I'm thinking about stuff, I might as well just kind of do a reevaluation of what I'm saying on stage and just start right. saying shit. Because it's a radical act to be a woman and have an opinion and stand on stage and say it. We decided we're funny. We're decided what we have to say matter. Like that shit's real. That's not like made up. That's real. No one said, you know what? Let's get the Judy and Liz's up the, of the world up there saying shit and taking up space. No, we had to claim our space and right. put ourselves there. You know, it, that's so true. You know, say, I think. And it's like, oh, you have an opinion? That's yeah. your opinion? Uh, no, no. You don't, you, you're not entitled to an opinion. And, you know, I feel like in a way, and and I, I don't think people who weren't, who never did, you know, who weren't in the stand-up world like we were, I don't think they understand. We never got to work together. Because never. they would never have more than one woman on a show. We Unless it was a freak road. show. Unless it was, Unless a it was like hysterical. Ladies, you know, la- ladies getting <laughs> fucked. Ladies who don't get fucked. And, and it was always a special event. It's a, And it still is. I, will, I refuse now to go on any show that is, you know, girls, ladies, you know, because I, I'm done. I'm done with that. Yep. But yep. we never got to work together. Um, we were on the road alone. A lot of times it was dangerous. Um, and people don't understand that these guys that were in comedy, uh, and they got something, they got a series or they got a show. Then they brought all their buddies along, you know, and they all became wealthy and they all became powerful. And it was one woman out of a thousand men who would get something. Mm-hmm. And hopefully try to bring some of us. Yep. But, y- you know, they've set up the system. There's only room for one of you. Um, and and we bought into it. Oh, yeah. And and causing this friction between people. And then you get to a point where you're like, wait, what the fuck? I can take, a- well, I already take up a lot of space. So I think I sort of had this, you know, I physically take up a lot of space because I'm, Six two, but you know, I, I feel like I you see women and they're they're not taking up space. But I think now they're you can see their gait, the way they enter a room, the when they enter a club, the way they get on stage. It's like don't fuck with me. Yeah. Um, but I don't think feminism is, and especially in comedy, is talking like a guy talks on stage. No, it's talking about what's relevant to you and it's as equal as funny as valid as what a guy says on stage well judy do you remember like you would be rewarded if you ignored your who you were on stage as a woman like and they would say like oh i love that that comedian because she never talks about being a woman and it's like i have no other frame of reference also I don't know what it's like to be a man, but when, when I hear a funny man talk about their experiences, I'm not like, don't talk about that because I've never been through it. Mm-hmm. Right. Why, why is that a thing? Why was right. that? A- it's exactly right. And, and people, how many people came up to you and said, I don't really like women comedians, Yeah. Oh, but you're really funny. I remember, I'm sure you remember this, like in the eighties, the late eighties, when we would call, you know, we were, there were all these one nighters emoji around like, you know, where you would just go out and get like 200 bucks or whatever, but you had a call. Yeah. It was a phone. And I remember calling so many clubs and them saying, I'm not kidding. 
Oh, and I'd be like, oh, I just did Evening at the Improv or Caroline's Comedy or VH1 stand-up spot, whatever was going on. Um, and I'd like to work your room. And they would say, we had a woman here last week. Yeah, and she didn't do well. So yeah. we're not hiring women. It's like, oh, and every guy you had on stage just killed. Oh, shoot. So that one woman was the standard. And if one woman bombed, we're out of we're done yes. with women for a week or, or month or so. Oh, 100% all the time. Or we have a woman already booked on the show. Or... um. You know, maybe, but like, I don't know if you can follow any of our openers. I've had them say to me. Oh, but then when you get, I remember the amazing Jonathan, God rest his soul, said to me, you're really funny. Now end with something no one can follow and you will headline. And that's what I did. I I, I had that ending where I sang Singing? and I'm telling you I'm not going be- and I would have them flash the lights telling me to get off stage and I would become Jennifer Holiday. Um, and I remember that they stopped wanting to follow me. I started headlining, but then they would purposely, some club owners would purposely put on misogynistic men before oh, me. Oh, so you would to try to blow you out of the water. Right. Oh, no, or to dumb down right. the audience. So, you know what I mean? So that, that, that what so they didn't have to work know, so hard. Have to, <laughs> they, you have to curate a comedy show. It, it, you, for certain people work with certain people. You know, I want someone who has the audience listening, who tells, you know, great material, you know, I, and then, you know, gets them in the mood of like comedy, you know, but then there's, they would put on these guys that were filthy or music acts or, um, yeah, I write about it in my book. There was one guy who did it. I was in Georgia, Marietta. Remember that club in Marietta, Georgia? I wanted yeah, to. it was called the punchline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was called a kike and a Jew and, and there. But when I got on stage, they had this guy opening for me. And he, remember John Wayne Bobbitt, the wife cut the yeah, dick of off. Course. So he gets on stage right before me. Wait, John doesn't... Wayne Bobbitt got on stage? No, 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 no. no, 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 no he did comedy John Wayne Bobbitt yeah, yeah um but he got on stage before and and his jokes were uh about can you imagine being the policeman finding the penis like I'm not picking it up you pick it up you pick that up I'm not touching that like that and then the size of his shits and that that him his brother compare size of their shits and then it was like and here's your comedian Judy Gold and it was it, it it you you just don't get it. And if you look at old, you know old old um, clips of women of of Jean Carroll, of uh, Phyllis Diller, of um, you know Moms Mabley, of uh, Joan, you see these women get up there, and they have a disclaimer, basically saying, "Hi, I know I'm a piece of shit, and I should be you know yep. Yep. ironing my husband's handkerchiefs." Okay. And then here's my material. And they all did that. Like Phyllis Diller had a beautiful body, but she purposely wore these caftans because she had to, you know, desexualize herself. She wanted people paying attention to her. Um, And they all did this. They all were like self-deprecating and then went in for the kill. And I don't see one man get up there without feeling entitled to say whatever the fuck they want. Right. Right. Without, you know, men don't ever second guess if the audience will like them. Right. They don't come up with this assumption that, well, I'm here. So obviously I deserve to be here. And what I have to say is amazing. Right. Um, But I want to just shift gears for a second, Judy, kind of shift gears, because 
I'm a giant fan of Better Things, and I oh, love you on it. Thank and I, you. And I and I feel like Pamela Adlon is one of those people that we talk about who got hers and has brought around. Like I love Rebecca Metz. I oh I love, awesome, Cree Summer. I mean uh, Judy Reyes, um, Alicia Reiner. Alicia Reiner, amazing. And they have been like also people who like Alicia and Rebecca both have been super tight on with working with us on abortion. But I look at it and I think, I think I just need to hear from you just an anecdotal, warm, like story, just because I want to believe that that is the utopia that we are heading towards in this new way that when women get power, they bring women along. And I, I'm assuming by looking at that show that that's what that show is. You're right. Okay. So as far as Pamela is concerned, you know, she does surround herself with women and men, gay men, trans women. Um, there's a, a trans actor on the show that you would never even know. Um, the fact that that show is about a single mother and three girls who become women um, and is so brutally honest mm -hmm. and yet, oh, like after an episode, you're like, oh, yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not tied up. Right. It's not like, you know. It's real fucking life. It's messy and, and it's so messy. touching. Yeah. And so as, as a writer, it, it was, you know, it was so wonderful to deal with all of these issues that are real fucking issues. And there is an episode um, that I wrote on where, uh, where there's an abortion. And I, and I said, um, and I remember writing, you know, because she has, well, who, it's, you can watch the whole season, but she has her best gay friend um, pick up her daughter because her daughter doesn't tell her she's having an abortion. It's, it's as if it's her decision. It, she really, you know, she, she didn't, her daughter didn't tell her she was going for abortion. She called her mother's best friend, who's part of the family, who's a chosen member of the family, to pick her up. And I remember uh, thinking about what what he his position is picking her up at that abortion clinic. What is the first thing he's going to say to her um, as she comes in? Thinking about being a woman who, you know, is at this stage of her life where she's an adult and she's making all these decisions by herself about what's best for her life, her future and her future family and present family. And all I could think of was something to break the tension, which was, did they give you a lollipop? Yeah. And, and that's one of the proudest lines I wrote on that show because what? of that buildup of tension of, you know, this is a profound moment in mm -hmm. a woman and a girl's life. And Judy, I have to say, the thing that I love so much about this episode is that I'm the youngest of five kids in my family, four girls and a boy. When all of my sisters had 
daughters that were becoming of reproductive age. And we would talk about that. And they were all like the hip moms, right? And they were all like, but my daughter's going to come to me and it's going to be fine because, you know, we have that relationship. And I said, look, the complicated relationship between a mom and a daughter, some, like I, I said to my, each of my sisters, have you ever gone shopping with your daughter? And she walks out in an outfit and says, Hey, do I look fuckable in this? Yeah. I said, because that is those, she wants to be able to be sexual and be her, but also climb into bed with you and be vulnerable. And that's where I come in. Like, right. let me be that person. Right. And so that episode was that for me. And I was so glad that it was because moms, they're like, but why didn't you? And it's like, oh, but you didn't. And that's okay. You went to this other person. So that was a really, well, like, yeah, it goes through episode. the, it goes through the whole, you know, the season yeah. till the end. Yes. And, and it's so great the way Pamela was like, okay, that's what she wants. Like that it, it's sort of this, you know, fly away. You, you know, and, you know, this idea that abortion is birth control is disgusting. I'm going to reframe you on that. Who cares? Who yeah, cares? that's true. That's true. I, that's true. That's right? true. Yeah, that's that, true. Because, you know, we go through phases, right? And it's like, if abortion is moral, which we all agree, if it doesn't harm in any way your fertility going down the mm-hmm. line. Um, then who cares how many abortions right, and it's no have. one's business, right. no one's fucking right. business, right? Yeah, exactly. I know, Judy. We could talk to you for hours. No, I want to talk more. All right, I know we have to me? wrap, girl, but you'll come back. You're gonna come can back. I come back. Please come back. Do a, you can come back I and want, do all the things with us. You can be part of all I know, the things. but I feel like, all right. You have, do you have my, e- you better, I'm going to say, yeah, I think you have my email. Cause you of told course me you I love have my your family. email. Is it the same one you've had for a thousand years? No, it's not the AOL account anymore. No, you changed your email. <laughs> years ago. <laughs> do you, you have what? AOL still? Do you have AOL? No. I'm not, but uh, uh, we have friends who are still have AOL. Like Sarah Silverman. Silverman still has, an AOL. Still has yes, AOL. Yes. <laughs> my friend, Jim Colucci still has AOL. Oh, Jim has AOL. That's right. Yeah. So look, Judy, you just need to be in the fold. That's all there is to it. You're just, but I just want you to know, like, I know how hard it was for you to have to, you know, shift gears. Um, and I have to say thank you to you because, um, and I said this, I think we were a club coming and I said, uh, you know, the, what, what you have done and, and your you know, myopic focus on this uh, issue that is so important uh, on behalf of any normal woman in this country, I have to say thank you. And thank you for constantly not stopping, you know, it's, you're, you're not like the Democrats where it's like, okay, okay, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's so important. And I want, I want to be a part of that because, well, you know what, we're going to rope you in. You know, the problem was 
we had such big plans right before COVID. I know. Getting people to go out on the road, like, you know, because we had started this tour that started building momentum. So now that we are in a state of just constant COVID and we're going to be going back out and doing things, you're going to be back in the family. But I also just want to say to you um, and Moji and everybody, really, every single time there's a conversation about abortion, um, somebody feels included that didn't before. And that's just huge. And because unless we change hearts and minds, you know, and let, and that's why I stopped you to say, wait a minute, let's talk about that for a second. But what if somebody does use birth control? It's just because is- someone said that to me, like, I can't it. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I just, I am so, I'm just so grateful that putting your face and your voice in front of this matters because you do get shit. People come after you. It's a whole thing, but you know, not giving fucks is why I love you so much. And, and also because you are allowed to not give fucks because your heart is so big and you know who you are and you know what's best for the world. And I feel like really lucky to know you and I love you. Oh, so, Liz, um, thank you, Liz. <laughs> yes, Judy. Yeah. So um, thank you, girl. And um, and uh, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Judy. Follow Judy on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. And check out her podcast, Kill Me Now, wherever you get your pods. Bonus, join Judy, Margaret Cho, Nico Case, and so many other fab artists for Do Re Me Too, Sexist Songs by Righteous Women. Hosted by Liz Winstead. Hey, hey, that's me. It is a gas. The show streams October 6, 9 p.m. Eastern, and is a benefit for Abortion Access Front. For tips and info, go to doremetoo.com. And you can learn more about Ashley Underwood and Equity Forward's work at equityforwardfwd.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Equity Forward. Thank you so much for listening. We are here for you as we navigate this patriarchal hellscape. We want to be a reliable hub for information and a source of humor as we face some really hard times ahead. Know that we're in this together. We got you. You like the pod? Please subscribe, write a review, give us five stars. It's the best way for our podcast to reach more people. And by doing so, you are helping more folks learn about this assault on abortion access. To keep up with all the latest Reaper news between episodes, follow us on social at Abortion Front, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on Abortion Access Front on YouTube and TikTok. FBK Live is edited by Remy DeTarnay and is produced by Abortion Access Front. Hey. Want to get active in abortion justice and looking yes. for a place to start? AAF has our training sessions up at operationsaveabortion.com and in pod form on this channel. Gather your buddies, download the toolkits, then fire up the episodes and get to work. Our workshops and activity calendar will keep you busy smashing the patriarchy and saving abortion. And it's all available at operationsaveabortion.com. And when you aren't listening to FBK Live, How We Win is an awesome pod for you. Each week, How We Win tells the stories of the people fighting to protect our democracy. You already know the news. Now, what can you do about it? How We Win is inspiring, insightful, and will give you hope. Featuring fascinating interviews with experts, activists, and ordinary Americans. Each episode gives you the information you need to take action and join the fight. How We Win is hosted by campaign organizing veterans Steve Pearson and Mariah Craven. And every week they bring their own insight, humor, and hope to the most important issues facing our country today. 
Subscribe to the How We Win podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And together we will win. Together we will win. And together we are going to listen to my shameless promotion. Fuck yeah. I am doing a show in Duluth, Minnesota. Woo, 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 woo. September 15th. September 15th, I am visiting the fine folks of Duluth at the West Theater. There are a few tickets left. If you want to go, it's at 7.30 p.m. The West Theater in Duluth, September 15th. Tickets are at thewesttheater.com. And next week on the pod, we have Calla Howells from Preferred Women's Health Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her clinic is one of the hotbeds of anti-abortion protests, and we will be talking to Calla about the protester escalation post-Roe and what it's like trying to get and provide abortion care in the South right now. Plus, musician, writer, performance artist, Bitch joins us. And also, side noting, Bitch, also part of this year's Dory Me Too. It's a cavalcade of fun. Lastly, join our Patreon. Give us money. You'll support great content and get cool FBK merch and experiences. All pledges support this pod and all our activism at Abortion Access Front. Pledge at patreon.com slash feminist buzzkills. Give a bitch some money. It's not not our money. The money goes to Abortion Access Front. It supports production of this pod. It pays the fabulous Remy. It just does all kinds of things. So support us. We're the only pod who on a weekly basis covers the news with the experts you need to know. And it's the only pod coming from the activists on the ground doing their work. So bonus. All right. That's it. One more thing. We're going to leave you with a dude who shows his whole entire ass by reminding folks if you're queer or need an abortion or basically just aren't him, you deserve, well, I'll let him tell you. Well, we can't just put all the abortion doctors to death because think how many abortion doctors there are. It's like, put them all to death. Well, we can't get rid of all the sodomites. Everybody's got a queer uncle. Get rid of all your uncles. Who needs them anyways? They were creepy anyways. Okay. Feminist Buzzkills Live, the podcast from Abortion Access Front. When BS is popping, we pop off. New episodes drop Friday. If you want to support our podcast and all the work of Abortion Access Front, like, subscribe, and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash feminist buzzkills.